Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us as we forgive each other. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Okay, so we're going to be reading the first prayer and it is a nativity novena day one during this i want you to understand that this is the reformed version so we will say a reformed version of two prayers the lord's prayer and also Hail Mary. During this time, you can add your own prayers to this secretly, in private, in your own time. And I advise that you utilise a journal. You can get this entire book online and I'll place a link about that. And make it available and eventually there will be a paper version of it too and the journal will be part of the actual book so you can take notes and journal your own prayers your meditative prayer thoughts alongside each of the day's prayers so day one on the day of the Blessed Mother's Annunciation, the angel Gabriel appeared to you, sweet Mother Mary, and said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. You found favour with God to honour him further in being the most faithful ark of the covenant, the mother to God and our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Mother Mary, as we meditate upon this wonderful private time with the angel Gabriel, we think too of our manner towards God and ask for the strength of mind and heart to continue to seek the Lord God like you did in solitude and stillness, in true devotion, to know and therefore be best capable for doing his will. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us as we forgive each other. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus Holy Mary, Mother of God, thank you for praying for us now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us all now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, thank you for praying for us all now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, thank you for praying for us all now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. 
Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us all now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, thank you for praying for us now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, thank you for praying for us now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, thank you for praying for us now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, thank you for praying for us all now and forever. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Thank you, God, for sending us your Son, Lord Jesus Christ, and his blessed family. All glory and praise to you, our King of all kings. So as we are taking this all in, I think it's important to really reflect on this very, very, just very straightforward prayer, but to let it unfold in new ways and hear what God has to say to us. So let's really look at this. We're looking at the Annunciation of Mary and the angel Gabriel coming to Mary. And I have this beautiful picture here of Mary as she's kneeling down to pray. So she thought that she was maybe on her own as she was praying. And this is what comes to mind is that Throughout my life, no matter what has happened, as I have been there on my own, even now as I'm recording this seemingly on my own, the presence of God is everywhere. And his angel Gabriel was there with Mary. And I think about this and I think about those that, you know, of the world who have been put in particular positions, but where the real royalty is and was the holy family at that time because they were the ones who weren't placed in position by the world at that time I'm not saying David wasn't because he certainly was but um that's not always the case in the world and here we have Mary entirely sovereign yet very humble kneeling down to pray, an honest woman, chosen because of her honesty, her truthfulness, her solitude, her utter surrender to the Holy Spirit, to God, seeking answers in the quiet time, all alone. The reason that some people don't understand those that are maybe in power that just, you know, or even they don't even understand themselves is because these people don't have God backing up what's happening. They're not having a backup of God. They're being pushed around by the world. And a lot of what we're seeing are figures that are being pushed around by the worldly but aren't surrendered to God. Thank goodness, thank God I am surrendered to God. It makes me very honest. It makes me a very, you know, I yes, I can be humble but I can be bold when I need to be. If God moves me to speak upon something in honesty and kindness and love but 
you know, me and my friend were actually just talking about something and it was <clears throat> a situation which occurred where someone else who was given a particular position, and I, I literally mean that literally, um, to be led in a certain way at one of the games, at one of the Highland games. Now, this person <laughs> will remain nameless for the sake of this podcast at the moment, unless, of course, God wants me to um, speak up on this, then obviously I will. However, this person was brought on in a particular way. Now, I do not blame them because they were led. And that's what we must look at everything as. We need to be very careful. Yeah, there are sometimes we've got to say, look, what are you doing? Um, but this particular person with entourage decided that, you know, let's look at it this way. So powers and principalities, the entourage during the Highland Games completely blocked off the view and the vision. So I think there's a message here that, you know, when you're communing with God, there's another party that are of the devil that are being led in the world that are to distract you from God. Be very, very mindful of this. They are trying to distract your godly view, your godly vision. That is what the devil does. So I called it out for what it was and told them to move. They moved very quickly, thank goodness. But for that period of time, although they maybe didn't realise personally that I was there, I got to be behind the scenes and with God and I viewed and witnessed with my own eyes, but with the power of God, of course, and then therefore able to judge quickly, not wanting to overly judge. I don't do that. I don't tend to kind of have much of an opinion unless something is very, very clearly obvious. And I think, you know, something needs to be stood up about. And, you know, I mean, there were people all around sitting in normal, humble seats, all around sitting at those games, watching family and friends. The games are fun, they absolutely are. But to some, particularly the people taking part, one of which I know, no, that way, but I know as in, like, I know who that person is. And, um, you know, for them, they work really, really hard. I'm not saying it's all about works. I'm saying they put their faith in as well and, you know, works. But they really do, like, a lot of effort. They have a lot of effort on this. Um, You know, the fact that they're able to compete at that level is because they have put so much work and effort into what they do. They're very focused. They're very clear in their intent. And so when they come along to these games, it is actually quite important. The thing is, they don't take it overly seriously because there is that balance there and they're always trying to get better. They're very realistic about that. But it is a big thing. And I was there, actually, you know, some people are travelling from all distances. And, um, you know, for me, I felt called um, by the power of God to be there. So sometimes we are totally relying and giving all our resources or our effort into something just to get there, just to be there because God's called us to do that. Maybe for that person, maybe for something else, for whatever the reason is that God places on our heart. But maybe we are, you know, putting all of our resources and effort into even getting there for them, into even just being in those grounds, whatever it is. And so I with that in mind and understanding that at that level, I could then see the possibilities of where other people were coming from just to be able to be there that day. So when this other person showed up and started talking to the members of that um, 
particular uh, weights champion, uh, sorry, weights um, game, that particular time I noticed the entourage all blocking the view of these people. And for me, that just made a very, very clear, a very clear view, obviously not of um, the person that I was there to support or the person I was there to witness or give witness to, whatever God is calling me there for. It's very pure for me. There's no other intentions apart from just, I want to know how that person's getting on. And so when you're there with that pure level and then you see something like that, your vision on one thing is blocked, but you can see very clearly something else that's going on. And right there with the power of discernment, I can say that it's not that person or even, well, I want to say it's more those that were leading that person into that situation and that type of behavior entirely that is not godly no and um yeah the devil is very jealous and will do things just for the sake of um yeah i mean it is all testing too so i mean everything can be used by god um surely but I did feel that sense of that was a jealousy over me and the people there and something of contempt towards the people, though they maybe didn't realise I was sitting there in the, the place that I was in viewing this and getting to see what was going on. But it was more what I was witnessing in terms of like contempt towards the people. And at that point, I did speak up because these are my people. And as I said to my friend, it might be a bonnie lassie from um, air, but I'm also... Um, from a place of honest men. So I'm very honest. I'm very loving, very kind. But when I see something like that, no, that's not good. So <laughs> that aside, it's not the end of the world. But, you know, it just put things into perspective, talking about vision. But the vision must remain clear. Let's focus on that, which is good and which is lovely. It was lovely that that person was there. It was lovely that they were healthy. It was lovely that they were wearing a tartan kilt. And now you're starting to get the idea in the picture maybe um, of, of who and what this is about. So these things are lovely. These things are good. Um, but yeah, that situation, no. So yes, being honest, but focusing, making sure our overall focus is on that which is good. So we get back to this and, and with Mary and we know that, you know, her entire vision, everything that she might have had to put up with wasn't exactly 100% like easy going, but with the Holy Spirit, she could do anything. And that is what this fiat is about. So Mary is there and of course the, the angel Gabriel comes to speak to Mary And so I'm going to look at this next part. So she's meditating. She is in prayer. Gabriel is coming to her and tells her that she is highly favoured. He says, what really is in this prayer, which um, starts off with Hail Mary. Um, he says, Hail, full of grace. Now notice that he doesn't actually say in this particular scriptural version, he doesn't say, Mary's name, he identifies the being of Mary as being full of grace. In other words, one who is trusting and truly is in loving accordance and embrace, in the embrace of God. Now, grace can look differently it just, you know, some people could say, well, how is she full of grace? She is, um, you know, I mean, if you think about it, she had to be, um, she had to give birth to her child in, uh, in an inn, in a stable. So some people say, well, 
you know, what's graceful about that? How is she full of grace? It's about the honest fact of her surrender, but not just surrender her, the honest fact of her reciprocal communion and honouring of God. It's that pure and true high faith in God that Mary has that is the grace. And sometimes, as we say and as we know, the grace to deal with certain situations that others maybe couldn't deal with. And I get an, um, a strong sort of message there that do you think, you know, like maybe even this is the devil's way of like allowing certain people or certain others to undergo things that are, you know, challenging or tricky because, you know, they're almost testing how much grace they've got to get through it. It's like people with endurance or even that kind of weights competition. It's like, how far can you push yourself? <laughs> like how much grace is on you to do such and such? And that's a very personal thing because some things that are easy to, to some might not be easy to others. Some things that are hard to others might be very um easy to others, etc. So it's just, you know, it's all an inner perspective thing. And that's what God knows. God tests our heart. Nobody else knows that. People can look from the outside and maybe have an idea of that, but nobody really knows from the inside, um, apart from God, what the highest truth is in that and in um, our inner um, beings. So that's very, very important. I mean, if you think about it, some of us, when we think back to even like things like what kind of uh, sort of things we like at school, like some of us maybe found it very challenging to be outside in the mud and muck <laughs> while others are playing like hockey and stuff and think, oh my goodness, no way. Now, I remember I was like that. So I was like, oh gosh, no, <laughs> no. But, you know, as we grow and change and develop and, um, you know, different aspects of our character are worked on, these things can change. I would love being outdoors and being in the refreshing like elements and stuff and even like going out, like I think like being out at sea on a boat or things like that would be great. But at different parts of our life, different stages, things are more, maybe more challenging to us and others. And again, a lot of it is based upon natural interest level and where God is trying to take us and where God is not trying to take us at certain points in our life. So that's a lot to do with it as well when we think about this. But Mary, she had this grace and it was something that only the angelic realm, only God's realm, the spirit, so the realm of the spirit, the Holy Spirit could understand and really know and discern about Mary. So in the world of the worldly world, just as Jesus wasn't recognized in that way. Um, nor was maybe possibly Mary. Um, only by those of higher authority in the spirit were able to recognize who she was. For example, the prophet and um, the person who was there at uh, this presentation, which was Simeon. Now, he had that level of authority spiritually. So, a type of member of the royal household, as you would say, for sure. Um, very, very conscious, very aware in the spirit as well as present in his self, so as a human. So, when that matches up, those people have clarity, they have sober, soberness of mind and they're able to recognise um, God's chosen, right? So there we go. So it's a different case entirely from what's going on in the reality of the world oftentimes. And Mary was there as uh, the queen of heaven and of earth. And of course, this would come into further fruition. But the, the grace upon her life is there. And so that's how she's she's spoken of. She's um, dir directed, really. Um, and he says this, full of grace. So in this time, what has she been doing? Well, a great teaching point for us is that she's full of grace because she's devoted. She's so devoted in prayer to God, to doing the best that she can 
not just outwardly through works, no. Mady's very honest, so she's doing this from the inner part of herself. It's an inner knowing that God has about her soul, her posture towards God in reality, in the solitude and in stillness, something that she doesn't go with, out with um, to others about. And I think here, well, what am I doing on a broadcast? <laughs> it's a different ke- kettle of fish. And I don't even know why I say that. Again, that's just another kind of one of these things. It's a different thing entirely. Um, this is part of my journey. This is where I am at this moment. But I would have been at points where I would have been like that with Mary. And I still have all those points where I am in solitude. And I try to do that as much as possible at the moment. Because I really want to have plenty of wisdom and clarity from my own inner being so that from there sovereignly there not just what I'm saying up front like in and around people but from my actual heart and soul that that is leading through because that's the reality of sovereignty it's not something that a human can just you know say right you're going to be this figurehead no it comes most honestly um, in that place where Mary was at, it is through God in honesty. It's not a worldly thing. It's not something someone can bestow on you from outside. It is only something that can happen truly honestly from within. And so because I'm devoted to God in that way, as best as I can manage at this level for who I am, where I am, you all have to do the same you try your best from where you're at your own ascension level and with who you are in this moment at this time we just try our best but that is what gives us that ability to do so it is the time in solitude with God now I just believe that you know there's a whole bunch of people that come up and you know they're coming up together and that is that is the truth. That is the truth of um this ascension and of all who are of that real royal household. And we're talking about real in terms of those of you who are of the royal priesthood, who are coming up together. And as I see the pandemic taking place, I see that's what's happening all of a sudden. Um, if you draw parallels to this, we see that people are doing things at the same time, in the same ways, taking space at the same time, in the same ways, or at least trying their best to, because it is a pandemic. But that also has a very unique um, type of practice um, requirement that really is of a godly nature, because it allows us to posture or to become more easily in a, a alignment with a posture of devotion to God in solitude. Now without the pandemic would people be doing this? Now look some people are finding it really difficult even during the pandemic. I started it long beforehand. So you know <coughs> I've always been doing this but I mean in an even you know more focused way okay. So taking time apart, for example. So I was doing it before that. But look how difficult it is for other people, even during a pandemic. But God's trying to use this for good. God uses everything that's of difficulty or challenging to people. He will use it for good. Now, I had the grace on my life to do this already because God placed me in that position already and required me to take this time. And I was very much sociable and out with lots of different people in big and large groups, um, absolutely. But I have been drawn and set apart. That's what is happening. It's happening to you. You're being set apart to have time with God. So this devotion, this level of devotion is what this particular part in our prayer set is all about. I don't think it's looked in that way um, with regards to the normal um, rosary novena in terms of the Annunciation. But for me, with God speaking, you know, 
look clearly into my heart. I truly believe that is, for me at this time, it's about devotion. And we look at that out with and we see what the pandemic's doing. We see the amount of space it's being created and we can't ignore it. That there is a call to devotion which is only able to take place through being in stillness and sometimes quite often in solitude. How many people are being called to work from home right now? How many people are called to really take time apart? If they didn't do this, they wouldn't have the opportunity to become more highly capable in God. God has a loving reason for everything that is going on in the world. All things can be used for good. So let me have a look. Um, yeah, that that is the main thing. I, you know, I'm saying that you know I want to kind of strengthen, um, myself and my mind and my heart to continue to seek the Lord, God, just well as Mary did here in this particular scene, in solitude and stillness, in true devotion, to know and therefore be best capable for doing his will. How can we know what his will is if we don't ever take any time out? And some people are very worldly and very of the world and they are just like not interested in taking that time. But that has dire consequences at times. Of course, don't get me wrong, you're always going to be... um you know, herded by the shepherds in a certain way until you're able to become a shepherd yourself. Um, And that is okay. But you must understand that if that's your posture, that you don't want to take that time, you must comprehend and be cooperative, knowing that if you don't want to take that time, if you're saying no to God, then you will have to be guided by others. And so it's absolutely vital that in this time you understand which lane you're in. You're either going to be obedient to God or you're going to need to be shepherded by those that are. And so this is why, you know, we, we have to understand the pandemic and the guidelines as well that God says very much and very often, go ahead be unveiled so people think oh that means we should all be unmasked now you need to pray to yourself about that and walk in faith what I get in faithful prayer is that it's going to be step by step right now my judgment tells me this that God certainly does mean that that we do things with the right intention So it's about the posture with the heart and the soul. We can't deny there is a pandemic. We can't deny over and above that the power of God to keep us uh, safe. And that even if something does happen to people, that they will be kept by God. But we also have to be responsible citizens and think We are in a human existence too. And as much as God will protect us, we need to pray to God about what is actually right. And what I get about that is, yes, being unveiled, if you like, unmasked um, in places where it is safe to do so, where it's not going to impact others or yourself. However, I do also get that when you're in, places which probably maybe this is what it's telling you that you're not supposed to be in places like that but if you are choosing to be in places where um you know there are um lots of other people in um a closed space then that's an entirely different situation from what it would be like say even in Jesus day when most of what they were doing would be very much outdoors um, um, when they were congregating and meeting up I mean even in Glentana I remember coming across this outside um, outdoors uh, sermon type of a, a setup where there were rocks in place and apparently the preacher would stand on top of one of them later on and um, there was um, 
a particular um, building which was made into a chapel eventually. But before that, the sermons would take place um, and this person would potentially stand on one of the rocks to preach to people that could be seated around about and other rocks that were placed there. Um, I don't know entirely. Um, it could they could just have been placed there, but it is it is an idea. But I do think that many times, even in the Bible, we do hear about people doing that that they would stand outside and have um many sermons and things. So I think yeah, being you know unmasked um certainly in those situations um is absolutely good and right unless otherwise called um and unless you know <clears throat> scientifically proven otherwise as well but at the moment i'm not saying we have to to go on everything that is kind of purely scientific alone because science is what science is but you know we do have to weigh it up and um true devotion does mean a step at a time at the moment, clearly, the cases are um, going up. And I did say that this would happen. I did predict it. Um, when other people thought it might go away, I predicted that it would actually come round again at this time of the year. And I said to people there was a small window of opportunity. Um, unfortunately, the governments didn't quite... Um, keep all uh, under the circumstances that they maybe should have been kept under until um, we could lower the cases right down, which meant that there were so many cases that just kept on, uh, you know, popping back up again, that's kept the R number at a place where it's just, it was easy for it to really like spread about like wildfire um, once the weather had changed. I did say but I do not blame the governments because I also know within my heart and soul that we definitely did have concerns for um, children and that they should be um, watched over, kept safe, etc. Now, was that from a place of love or fear? Who knows? In any case, the right types of judgments were made at the right types of time with regards to that to such a degree. And so therefore that happened. Now that may have to change, I think, with the looks of things again, but there has to be plans in place for that. It's not to get political um, beyond a point of which God is calling me to. It is just required and it needs to be placed out there. So thank goodness people are already thinking about that. Like what are the plans? Um, what's the actual vision? Because we need to be careful with our young people especially. Uh, I know that people talk about, well, you know, it seems to affect like older people um, more so and, you know, not really like it has impacted young people and we shouldn't really ever be treating them as guinea pigs. We do know that's not entirely the case. It's not what people are doing. Um, it's more so that balance of keeping children safe and um, giving them that opportunity of education. So there needs to be a balance there. There needs to be measures put in place with regards to um, what's going to happen. Because if children need to be off school, which they probably will to keep them safe or safest under this pandemic, there also needs to be measures as to how that will actually occur. Like, is there a phased approach? How will that occur? So there needs to be thought there. There needs to be guidance, but that's only going to happen through taking solitude, through taking prayer and actually getting that information from a godly space and in ministering and doing what's right there from there. Um, We can't ignore it. We we can talk over it all we like. Um, We could put, um, you know, as they say, that law of attraction, you could try and use the word on its own. But we all know in the reality that the word is not enough on its own. It's about our heart posture and what we truly understand and know to be the truth. So it's from a truthful, honest place about what is actually in reality and what is happening with regards to the pandemic. Um, you know, uh, if I felt in my heart and soul, 
um, oh gosh, nothing's wrong, everything's absolutely great. You would see me walking in that way and I would lead in that way. I am tentative about that. It's not that I'm not bold or confident in the Lord. I am absolutely, but I do feel that this is actually being allowed, as I said, by the Lord God to an extent. It's not It's not entirely godly a situation, but it is being allowed by God and there are good aspects that are coming from it. Um, despite it being a very challenging situation overall. Um, and we just have to, to do that, to keep putting God first, to take that solitude, that time apart, and we can deal with it. So that's what it's all about, looking at devotion, and then of course how that helps us throughout our lives, in terms of leadership as well, in terms of um, doing what's right. Now, was Mary a leader? She certainly was. But what kind of a leader was she? Well, Mary was quite a quiet type of leader in many ways, but she was very vocal in others. Um, You know, uh, we see her here in solitude, but we do know that she was at the wedding feast at Cana. And it was her throughout of love and care for people at the wedding that actually approached her son Jesus in order for him to perform his first miracle. And he was God on earth, but yet he was not prepared really to begin that miracle until Mary prompted. (laughs) So Mary is a very powerful person in the Bible. She's very honest with God and that's why she was chosen. She's honest Okay, so that honest reciprocal nature with God is what we all really need to work on in devotion. So again, going in faith first, beyond the scene with this, but also tying in very much works that come from this faith, um, which is the book and uh, that particular Advent um, prayer um, based on the Nativity with the Annunciation and ultimately, therefore, on devotion with God, to God. So I come across this particular piece of scripture and it's from Romans 15, 13, um, upon guidance. So chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, now we're going to look particularly at scripture based on Devotion. The top one is the best, and it is Luke sixteen thirteen. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Now, isn't this perfect? And I I just felt that the top one, I was getting in the Holy Spirit, the top one is the best. So I went straight to the top and I basically obediently told you the top one is the best. Where did I tell you that from? I told you that from God, from the Holy Spirit within me. How am I able to do that? Devotion to God. And yes, I can say in an all-round way that, yes, this surely must be the best of all these pieces of scripture. And why is that? Well, we're looking just before this at Mary and her humble and devoted heart. Now, imagine that Mary was lusting after money, after things, after worldly items of the world. Now, there's nothing wrong, as we say, with worldly items or things of the world, but it's about putting God first so that we're directed in the right ways, in ways that are meaningful to God and ways that glorify the kingdom, all that kind of thing. It has to come through faith. Everything has to come through that love of God first, and then we're able to glorify. 
But if we're not careful, sometimes the worldliness or the items or the things can become distracting because they're very real, they're very there in our face, um, but they are maybe not aligned specifically for us for that time within God from a godly place. If we're just looking at them first, rather than communing with God first and making sure that God's taking us in that direction, right? So Mary was able to do that. We can tell we just talked about the fact that she was very humble. We know that she even gave birth in a stable. We were saying, well, you know, how does that mean that, you know, how can she be graceful? How can she have God's favor and grace if that happened? It's not about the circumstances. It's about her spiritual sense and being able to deal with that. That's what makes her both the queen of heaven and earth. So we look to this and we say, well, obviously, if I'm sovereign, I am taking on those aspects of Mary through me. That's what's been awakened in me. That's what's being mothered. That's why, you know, we refer to Mary as being our spiritual mother in that way. It's a devotion to God. And we recognize that same devotion between ourselves and, of course, Mary in spirit, but also in scripture. We don't place all of the definites in terms of in scriptures being something that we want to co-create with because we have to go beyond that. We certainly don't want to be co-creating a situation like um, what happened in the Bible um, entirely. And we need to therefore hone the Holy Spirit, in other words, Jesus Christ at the highest level from ascension to do so. True. Um. However, that devotion is necessary to be even able to do that. Otherwise, people would be just literally um, going on scripture and Bible alone, wouldn't they? And many do to their demise and detriment. Um, that's not good enough. That's why we say we have to be devoted at a higher level. So looking at devotion, talking about, you know, what was really important to Mary, it was devotion to God first. She always put it first. So we see her in very, quite often kind of humble attire, nothing like showy or flashy, not to say this is wrong. It is not to say that at all. But it's just to say that the reason this is being presented probably, most probably, is the fact that it highlights the devotion to that of the spirit rather than that of the world first. And it has to be um, made clear in that way um, in scripture to allow us to comprehend. Of course, we know that she was clothed and uh, with the the love of God, the devotion and um, all of that and the honour and respect was of God and with God and that is part of our journey in ascension too not to be just merely clothed with things or items jewels or beautiful clothing or raiment as um, it said remember in Matthew you know not to concern yourself with even like raiment you know look at the birds they were even clothed much um, more beautifully naturally than even Solomon himself, this great king, with all that material wealth. Now, that's what we really have to to look at. Let me give you an example of this. Okay, so after days spent in communion, literally, this is a miracle of God. After days spent in communion with God, apparently, I was glowing Yesterday, I was simply in and around town, it's called, and in around very humble circumstances in a humble way in town. I was in two different towns yesterday, in and around all the people in that way, in faith. Now, if I didn't have faith, it might be very difficult, it might be kind of like somewhere out of the way most of the time, but for the large part of the day, I was out in and around town nearby plenty of other people in doing this um a second part of the day within this uh, town close by I had some great feedback I had a man say to me you know wow you're too smartly dressed or very smartly dressed for air you know the town and I was like hmm well I didn't overly judge I just said quickly you know in the spirit of the holy spirit um, yes, it's um all ear, born and bred, um it's all ears doing kind of thing, of course. There is so much more to me. Um, but ear is a a big part of who I am, 
most importantly, it's God, it's who I am, that's what's doing it. So I said, you know, maybe I need to, to watch out for that. So maybe now on thought about that, I should have said that. But in the Holy Spirit, it was the right thing to say at the time. But it's God that clothes me. And it is from my heart and soul, not just what I'm actually wearing. So in any case, um, he was like, well, well done, ear kind of thing. And, um, you know, obviously so many other places being in different places with different people um, has brought me to who I am too, but nothing more so than that of God. Yes, there's um, obviously uh, Ireland, um, other parts of Scotland, Aberdeenshire, very much so. Um, there's London, uh, parts of England, <clears throat> um, Wales, of course, um, different places around the world, um, places in France, Brussels, Spain, etc., America. You know, there are many areas of influence, but none more so than that of God. And that's the main point that's coming to me today, that I'm clothed by God. But that was what needed to be reiterated back to him because it was about seeing the town and understanding the town in that way that if he could see that, um, that was very important. So that was the level that was required for that particular situation. But now here, I'm saying as in, in a you know, an even clearer way, it's God that clothes me in his love. And it wasn't until afterwards, like I looked at my you know, my actual garments, myself, I couldn't see myself because I'm not in front of a mirror. Like, I couldn't actually see my face or look how I was looking in that way. But um, he was just, he was like, just so pleased to see, you know, um, someone really, basically, I think what he meant was, you know, taking the time and being respectful and, you know, appropriately dressed and things like that. Um, being respectful, I think, is basically what he, you know, it was all right coming around to. So um, I did look down at myself and I noticed that even my coat was shining bright. Um, now, I'm just going to be honest, that coat has um, been one that I actually, well, I got last year, to be honest. And, you know, the first time I wore it, I wore it especially for... Um, you know, a, a service at St Paul's in respect. Now, it's not majorly um, expensive, but, you know, it's expensive by God in terms of, like, it cost a lot or the price of the devotion to God. I think we have to look there, you know, um, because that coat wasn't shining simply because of how much it cost to make it or what it like what it was made from or where it was um or the color that it was or anything to do with that it was literally god it's god over my life seriously um i mean a very economic coat but it looked absolutely like you know beautiful and spectacular in god and in that glory of god now sometimes we might go out we might have to be in roles where we are really very humbly dressed and in our attire. For different occasions, there's going to be different things that God will do. Sometimes I feel very down to earth. Um, and maybe that's because that is the role and that's what's needed by God for the role or the position that I'm carrying out. And that is okay too. But for whatever reason, God had me shining in that way, even in those garments that were sp um, of splendor because God clothed, clothed me from within. So, um, yeah, it was a miraculous situation because the red was like utterly glowing, a beautiful colour. So we think of the red as the victory of God, right? The victory in, of Christ in Christ. And that in itself was absolutely glowing. Everything just was and that is why. So let's really think about perspectives let's um think about it's not about the worldly god can do miraculous things far more than any worldly thing or anything the way that you perceive it to be or think of it to be 
what God can do and, and how God can kind of change and manifest things is immense. And just one really important request is that you learn and that you devote time to first and foremost to God in prayer. But as I feel the request strongly on this from God, God rest ye merry gentlemen. So again, just going through this, um, reading the song, listening to the song, maybe listening first, reading again through and actually singing that song will be of great help to you. As I said, go back and listen um, to yesterday's broadcast again as to really why that is. And the um, title for that starts with Tidings of Comfort and Joy. And it's God's um, righteousness on the faithful and this is such a huge, huge, um, important call for us to really enter into that rest of God, but to make sure that we're embracing first in our hearts and souls um, those of God. So the brethren, to embrace them with love from within our heart and soul. Very important. Do not efface God. Do not efface your fellow brethren. Yes, if those are choosing not God, but something else. It can be um, hard to accept those people. But I'm talking about those who truly are in Christ honestly, through honestly <laughs> accepting that of the Holy Spirit. And of course, we know that's an ascension thing. That's a bit by bit kind of thing. And so some people were going to feel um, more drawn to it, different parts of that process that's normal that's okay but please do um as i say within your heart and soul get to that position where you're embracing and first god and all of god's people um go ahead and listen as i say to that song god rest ye merry gentlemen and uh, read it out sing it and be ready to submit your recordings to us here and we will celebrate together. We all hold each other up and we'll help each other to ascend on the way as well. Many blessings, enjoy it and I'll speak to you very soon. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. For Jesus Christ, our Saviour, was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. From God our Heavenly Father a blessed angel came And unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same How that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. The shepherds at those tidings rejoiced much in mind and left their flocks a-feeding in tempest, storm and wind and went to Bethlehem straightway. The Son of God to find Oh, tidings of comfort and joy Comfort and joy Oh, tidings of comfort and joy But when
went to Bethlehem, they came, where at this infant lay. They found him in a manger, where oxen feed on hay. His mother Mary, kneeling down unto Joy, oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Now to the Lord sing praises, all you within this place, and with true love and brotherhood each other now embrace this holy tide of Christmas. Just a quick blessing, so keep safe, be blessed, and do think of yourself and others. I think it's important to, um, as other people were saying, like I have noticed myself as I have been sedentary for um, more than is normal for me in my entire life. Like I've always been like on the go and very like hard at work, but through like just really enjoying that and I am at this moment but it's a different type of works quite often um you know yourself like like how like quickly I can walk around Glen Tanner and that sort of thing and it's just the way that it has been but I think it's important especially for us even those are um working from this type of way doing lots of prayer lots of devotional I don't think, you know, I think basically you put God first, you pray and you say, you know, maybe should I be doing some exercises, right? That kind of thing. Like maybe should I be going out more of a walk? That kind of thing. Um, You know, never put the outside world first completely. But I do think like through things like this, promptings, facilitations, maybe it's something that um you even need to think about. I am certainly thinking about it too. And um. I do think that a lot of the things I have heard are really important right now in this time, even with the pandemic. So like getting exercise as well, um, making sure that we're keeping each other like healthy. Most important thing to consume with regards to what we consume is that of the word of God first and foremost. But yeah, like what we actually consume physically in terms of food is important too. And Ultimately, something I heard as well, like when I was listening to Dr. Hillary talk about this, um, like washing these face masks that people have, like when, you know, obviously you want to be unmasked when it's right, when it's possible, when it's appropriate, like out in public, but, you know, um, when it's outside, if it's still safe to do so, like it's not a busy place, that kind of thing. Fair enough. But when you're in an enclosed space and things and you've got these masks on, like when you get home to like wash them. Dr. Hillary was saying like a really kind of like not overly high wash, but high enough, like, you know, hot enough, warm enough, hot enough, I would say. 60 degrees centigrade, he was suggesting. Um, So it's not like disintegrating the material to any like point like that, but it is making sure that it's really like authentically cleansed and cleaned through. I think this is really important. Yeah, just talking about keeping things clean, getting the balance there with it as well. And, um, you know, I do like concern myself. I think, oh my goodness, like we don't want to be like overly clean to the point where we're making each other ill. So there is a <laughs> there is a balance there. There is such thing as, you know, um, being um, very strong with like antibodies and things to a certain extent with um, what's natural out there. But there is that balance of, okay, this is a pandemic as well on top of the normal reality. So what we do in terms of how we look after these things like masks and stuff is really important as well. Um, anything else that is coming up is a, a sort of form of extra. 
people meeting out in large groups comes to mind. I'm not going to tell you too much about that. I think that, you know, it is important that we don't efface each other. I think it's important, first of all, that that comes from somewhere truly in the heart and soul. So kind of like if you're going out um, and you're going out in faith, like to say something or to meet up in these groups, fine, absolutely. But, um, you know, that's always to be encouraged if it's from the faith. But be very careful that you're not being drawn out to do something like that that's not from God and ends up bringing you to a tricky place or putting your family or friends or other people that don't deserve that to be in a tricky place. So just be very discerning. Put God first. Go into prayer. Just be devotional about this. Really ask God's blessings. Keep safe and well and um, have a good day. Sancti Michael Archangeli, defendi nos in prelio, contra nequitian, et insidias diabli esto presidium. Impere ili Deus supplices deprecamur, tu qui princeps militiae celestis, satanam aliosque spiritus malignos, qui ad peredit sinium animarum pervagantur in mundo, Divina Virtute in Infernum de Trude. Amen. but by no means least my faith is in God first with regards to the Saint Joseph um, prayer I want to draw attention to this someone put out I'm not going to say too much about this either but um, talking about faith within um, you know people as well yes we can have faith first in God we can have faith in, in people who are faithful in God as well but ultimately first and foremost absolutely always always god first blessings <laughs>